John, this was a great podcast with Joe from the Evil Knievel Museum in Topeka, Kansas. Joe Pennington, he, he's a neat guy and uh, some really fun stories about Evil Knievel. Yeah, definitely about that. But also, I was fascinated with this feature that they have at the museum, which is the simulator that actually puts you in the seat of one of Evil's bikes while he was jumping so you can feel it in like virtual reality. But it was missing one thing. He said, Joe said, it's everything that happened to Evil except the pain. Well, the, that's a new feature that they're going to offer down the road. I think we should... I think we should I implement think it right developed now. developed an awesome idea. My favorite was the actual baptism piece. Oh, that was great, too. That, that was, was a fun. This is a fun podcast. It was. Tune in, folks. Welcome to the Behind the Bars podcast, where we discuss all things motorcycles, memories, and mayhem. Oh, this is awesome. Sponsored by Wilkins Harley-Davidson. Let's get this thing started. Here's John and Mark. On the line with us today is Joe Pennington. Joe is a businessman and a volunteer at the Evil Knievel Museum in Topeka, Kansas. That's Joe. the. Howdy. Yeah. What did what, you say, Mark? I said that's the. Yeah, the Evil Knievel Museum. Well, as Joe, say? as Joe pointed out, the, it's the same as the Ohio State. It's this kind of thing that's happening right now where yeah. it's an actual part of the brand. Are the, the, are, the. T-H-E are all capitalized. Right. Got it. Welcome, Joe. Okay, so we want to get right with this stuff, Joe. Uh, you know, you are you're a businessman. You own Stevenson, a Stevenson company. What is what is? Let's just start from there, Stevenson Company. Because before we get to Evil Knievel, sort of kind of odd. Like, what 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 does Stevenson Company do? What do you do? We work inside food plants. We've got a special innovation called a spiral shoot, and it's uh, like a Willy Wonka slide that helps your the food that goes in your mouth from being broken so if you've had a dorito since 1990 it's gone down a shoot that we made here in north topeka oh so, joe, joe my heart's broken because when you said you work with food plants i thought you were working with food crops no, so see, i got all excited mark is all about the kale and all that yeah, stuff i'm about the doritos stuff. yeah so joe you you yeah. you there's you have this uh, spiral system that makes food so that when I shovel it into my mouth as fast as I can, it doesn't hurt me? Uh, so that it's not broken. You don't want a bag of potato oh. chips that's all crumbled and going to get up in your beard. I see. So I see. we uh, make it so that you can buy a restaurant-style tortilla chip that's about the size of a catcher's mitt. You know what I mean? We ah. handle fragile food so that it comes to the consumer. Wow. That's cool. Integral. Interesting work. Okay. So Stevenson Company has this this cool uh, this cool design that goes on food plants, not the kind that Mark was thinking about the green mm-hmm. kale uh, vegetarian stuff that Mark eats. Yep, yep. Um, and you you said something that I really like. You said uh, the, the stories. Uh, Evil Knievel kind of provides some stories of perseverance and innovation that have inspired me in a personal level and helped. Uh, take Stevenson Company to new heights. So you clearly were influenced by Evil Knievel early on because those types of things you don't say unless you're they, they, they've stuck with you for years. How'd you get involved with Evil Knievel? Uh, when the museum came to town, I think it was about four, five years ago that they started talking about it. I started to learn more and more about Evil Knievel. 
I mean, just as kids, we were growing up and we were watching him on television and reading stories and had the comic books, you know, and of course the wind-up toy. And then I think they came to Stevenson's and they wanted, uh, the museum wanted some work done on Big Red or some polishing or something from the museum. And so we helped them out with that. And then I just got enamored with this evil Knievel character, you know, and, and his daring dude. And it brought back so many memories. It kind of just flooded back. And then started doing research because I wanted to go work at the museum. And, uh, you know, the more you know about the story about evil Knievel, the you can't help but get inspired. Like what? What 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 stuck out to you that just that uh, that's been very inspiring? Well, uh, how old are you? Fifty? Fifty? Wow! Somewhere in there. Joe, Joe, I'm forty three. I'm forty three. Mark is in his seventies. No, Mark yeah. is not in. His, uh, Mark is fifty six. Well, you know Joey Chitwood, then he's from Topeka, Mark. Yeah. Um, yeah no, anyways. Course. When we're kids, we're inspired by the United States flag and the stars and the stripes and the motorcycles and the daring do and the courage that it takes to do these crazy stunts. And when I was a kid, we got Halloween costumes out with the evil Knievel mask and lunch boxes and towels. And, man, he's just all over the place, you know. Um, like the king of merchandising. Didn't realize it at the time. but So I was inspired by evil even back then, um, there's a great story of, of a guy that came into the museum that was also inspired, but I'll finish this one first. Um, so, grow up and kind of forget, he, go, he goes off the radar, you know, and I don't read the National Enquirer, so I don't know that Evil Knievel was arrested. And so, when I sign on at the museum or start learning more about him, I'm reading about these arrests in, in Kansas City and, and other places and divorce and things that I didn't know about. And I'm thinking, man, I don't know if I even want to go work at this museum. It's kind of a creep. But um, in the end, after reading the books and seeing the movies and then watching YouTube videos and interviewing people that were his friends, I realized that there's a redemption at the end that is just fascinating and it, it makes evil can evil more human and um and that's that makes him even more courageous and even braver than than i had even imagined well joe i i too was inspired by evil knievel as a kid in fact um we used to set up ramps in the backyard and take our schwins and pretend that we were evil knievel we'd jump over like you know the neighborhood cat and stuff uh so i i yeah i was i was way how'd you get it to lie down well, there was the, my neighbor's cat was this. Um, they held it down. No, no, did. we didn't hold the cat. You're going to get the ASPCA on our ass because you were abusing cats. The cat was curious about um, our bikes because we would put baseball cards between the spokes and it made a fluttering sound. And this cat thought that that was really a cool deal. So whenever we were riding, this cat would be all over us. So we just figured, you know, he wanted to be part of the the gang so we just set up the ramps and he would lay like near them and we'd jump over them so yeah but anyway a long story short uh joe is um uh, i used to uh try to get as red white and bluey as i could uh to to look in fact i even had uh, my mom uh make me a uh 
a cape that I, 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 I did when I was jumping over stuff. So I, I get completely what you're talking about. Um, fascinating stuff. So, so you've, you called yourself a volunteer docent at the museum. And so, you know, Evil Knievel was fascinating. And how many visitors do you guys get a year at, at, at such a place? Oh, I don't know. On a good day, we get 140, and that's during writing season, uh, during the summers when the kids are out of school on vacation. Interesting. Now, is it a free state? down after Labor Day, after the children start school and sure. stop their vacations. So is it is it a part of a dealership, or is it its own enterprise? Mm-hmm. It's, it, it's separate but attached to historic Harley-Davidson of Topeka. Ah, um, got it. I did, I don't know the attendance numbers, but we've had visitors from 60 different countries now, all 50 states, of course, within the first year. Um, about 60% of our visitors come from outside the state of Kansas, 30% come from outside Topeka, and 10% are local people that bring their aunts, uncles, in-laws, and all those people. One of the attractions that I noticed um, on your website was you have a simulator, I think, that has... Uh, a Harley Davidson set up in front of a screen, and it, does it allow your guests to sort of, you know, feel what it would have been like to soar through the air like Evil Knievel? That's exactly what it is. The Dimensional Innovations helped us with this really cool uh, virtual reality jump, or th- some people call it a 4D experience. 4D is kind of how we say 40 Mark. in well, thanks, Kansas sometimes, but. Uh, it's uh, got the goggles that you strap on there, climb onto a bike, and it rattles. It's on a section of Evil Knievel's real ramps that Evil used throughout his career. <clears throat> so it rumbles and it makes sounds. Doug Danger did this jump in Topeka in preparation of the museum coming here, where he wore, I don't know, like a dozen or 20 GoPros all around it, taped onto his helmet. And he jumped over 17 police cars in Topeka, Kansas, downtown. Wow. Filmed it all and held his head as steady as he could so that when you, as a, as a participant at the museum, turn your head left, you see the bank, and turn your head right, and you see the Capitol building, or straight ahead, and you see oh, the ramp cool. coming in, it, it really does feel like you're jumping. Wow. I mean, except without the pain. Yeah. So the simulator doesn't provide any pain. Uh, we could we could probably fix that pretty easy, Joe. What what would the pain what would the pain feel like if you were to incorporate that into the simulator? Oh man, that's a great question. Maybe we would have people there with sledgehammers or driving driving nails into your skin or something. Well, that's, what what, what I'm that I, we didn't put a lot of thought into. What I'm curious about is, so exactly what sort of injuries did Evil Knievel suffer? I I think it's easier to ask what injuries did he not have. Oh, right, probably so. (laughs) Did he break? Yeah, I don't know. The only bone he didn't break was his tongue. Um, (laughs) Yeah, so he he had a a whole bunch of broken bones. He, uh, the, the, there was the plans for the museum that were designed by Evil Knievel himself. I mean, it was commissioned by Evil way back in the day. He had oh, really? an ego such that he would hire somebody to draw out plans for a museum dedicated to himself. And what ended up happening 20 years later is that we built this museum 
and it turned out to be eerily similar to what he had uh, as far as the floor plans go. You go through the the history of stunts and the Joey Chitwood and the, then the Honda phase at um, Washington State and Caesar's Palace and um, onto London and, and King's Island and ends there. It also had a Disney ride that was designed. He called it a Disney ride. We call it the virtual reality. And a movie theater where the he won't, he wanted movies of his own to show there. And, of course, we have a movie theater that shows movies there, too. One thing that we did not have in the budget was a hospital room, which I thought would be really cool, but you just got to make choices. But wouldn't that have been awesome to have a hospital room there? He spent so much of his time in the hospital room that he wanted one dedicated to himself <laughs> at the museum. So, Joe, one of the questions I'm interested in knowing, uh, as someone that's been so involved with uh, Evil Knievel's history, what stories or what story in your mind is is your favorite story about his his time and jumping and it could be maybe not even about jumping but what what would you say is the most intriguing story that we just don't know about well i like the the ending story where everything comes around and he um calls up uh, who who was that at the Crystal live at the Crystal Cathedral in Pasadena, California? Hmm. Do you remember that Reverend? No, I don't. No, I don't. All right. Well, we got to... either way. So yeah, either way. Uh, this guy's got a, a national television program that airs from Pasadena, California, and it um, he he gets a call from Evil Knievel. And Evil says, hey, it's it's Knievel, and uh, I wanted you to know that I was watching your program, and I, uh, I, am, I, I feel redemption. I mean, I feel guilt and remorse about the way I've treated people. I invented Evil Knievel, and then I Evil Knievel a whole lot of people. Huh. So um, the reverend goes to his staff and says, hey, Evil Knievel wants to get baptized live on television okay and um I, and i don't know what you had planned for this weekend for the live version but uh baptize him and so the staff says well evil Knievel, isn't he the guy that uh got thrown in jail for attacking his biographer shelly saltman and the, and the reverend says yeah he is why and they say well because the the uh, victim, Shelly Saltman, still lives in Los Angeles. You know, it's like 20 minutes away from our church. We should invite him to come on. So Reverend Schuler says that's a great idea. Um, so he calls up Saltman and says, Shelly, we want you to, to come. We're going to baptize Evil Knievel live this weekend on television. <laughs> and it would mean a lot to me personally. It would mean a lot to my viewers, which is millions of people around the world, and it would mean the world to Evil Knievel if you could be there and talk about forgiveness. Wow. Hello? <laughs> um, takes Shelly a minute to think about it, and he says, yes, I will come on one condition, that I get to be the one holding his head under, underwater. <laughs> <laughs> 
So it's a great story. Evil does go on to get baptized without Shelley Saltman in the in in the room presence of yeah. the evil. Yeah, and um, then dies a few weeks later of pulmonary fibrosis. Oh wow, yeah. that but is a story. That's my favorite story. That is they, a story I've never heard. And he's just so quotable too. Like what? Like what are what when you say quotable? What what are your favorite quotes? Well, so this it, this reporter comes up and says. A female reporter, right? Um, gosh, evil! You've jumped snakes, lions, and sharks. Is there anything you're afraid of? And he replies, "Yeah, VD." Oh my God! Wow. Which meant something to our generation. I don't know if the new generation knows what that VD is. But STD, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I got it. <laughs> oh. So, Joe, are the uh, yeah, sir. Go on, are, are the bikes that you have there at the museum the original bikes? And if so, I mean, sir, some of them were pretty wrecked. What you know? What is their condition at this point? And are you showing them wrecked, or how does that work? The bikes are. There are a couple exceptions. With a couple exceptions, they are authentic bikes. Uh, the the first two one is a Honda at the at the very beginning from like 1965 when he was in Moses Lake Washington that's a replica and the Caesar's Palace one that's at the museum is a replica uh, after that we've got the American Eagle which is authentic and then a lot of Harley Davidsons that are authentic um, got the authentic a Barris designed trike that he rode onto the Sunny and Cher show. Of course, he didn't wreck that one. On the ones that are wrecked or have been, uh, you know, they may be, may have been stored outdoors for years. Mark Harley Davidson of Topeka has a reputation for historic uh, preservation of bikes, so they are all restored to almost original condition. Interesting. So uh, there's also a, a, a section of the museum that's about the protection that uh, evil wore in some of these jumps. Can you elaborate on th- what what sort of precautions did he take to protect himself other than obviously a helmet? Did he did he wear armor or anything like that? He did not wear armor. He wore leathers like I don't. Do you you do you have leathers? Like full body, yeah. like Vanson. Yeah, type they're just of like your leathers. They're no. not. There's nothing fancy about them. They're not bulletproof. Huh. No carbon fiber, none of the sport bike uh, specialty stuff. <laughs> That's right. Stuff. Huh. That's right. The evil Knievel historian, Scott Wiley, um, was looking at one of his jumpsuits and trying to verify if it was authentic or if it was a fake uh, as it was going to auction. And he says... Okay, send me pictures of the right hip. Show me pictures of the left hip. There's asphalt where there's supposed to be, and there's not where there's not. And he says, and show me the the thigh, and they send him a picture, and he says, yep, that's it. That's right where his femur went through it. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. 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 That's wild. That's scary stuff. Yeah. So there wasn't uh, any armor involved. There wasn't even a lot of engineering or math involved. There was whiskey involved. Uh, in in his protection, yeah, his I would plans imagine. for wrecking, and that's about it. Has has his son? Do you know whether his son Robbie has his son been through the museum? Yes, yes, Robbie came, and uh, 
came to the grand opening and it was great. Yeah, he's, it was great. He's still pretty active in motorcycling, I understand. I'm not sure about today, but a few years ago, Robbie Knievel was still still pretty active um, and, and maybe had a show or something that I that I recall seeing that on his road glide. He rode uh, road glides. Yeah, yeah. He came at the grand opening, which was two and a half years ago, and um, then they had, had a show the next month in florida i didn't follow up or follow that at all yeah so joe you you described that uh evil had prepared for this museum uh before he passed in 07 uh what sort of documents did you get to 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 go on i mean did he make drawings were they just written ideas about what the museum might be like or what what does that stuff how did he furnish that to you uh, Evil didn't finish furnish it, but um, Lathan McKay and Mike Patterson. Well, Lathan McKay is the premier Evil Knievel collector in the world, and he came across those plans and put them in the museum. Hmm. They're full blown architectural drawings. Is that right? Yeah, and we think that he probably shopped that in Vegas and in Butte and the places that he would have thought to put a museum. It, the museum just didn't end up in any of the places that he tried to sell it. Interesting. Well, I know, um, you know, I, I know you're a busy guy, Joe, and I know you're, uh, you're running a business, uh, the Stevenson company with this, uh, specialty food, uh, delicate uh, food, delicate, handler. delicate food handler. So yeah. I don't, uh, uh, have broken chips and other and cheese doodles and cheese doodles. Right. Uh, we know you're a busy guy, Joe. Um, the time flew by, and uh, we're you know we're running around twenty minutes now. So I I, I sincerely appreciate your time. Uh, it was a fun visit, and uh, and certainly stay in touch with us so that we can follow up, and um, we'll be airing this uh, shortly. Thanks for listening to the Behind the Bars podcast, sponsored by Wilkins Harley Davidson. Stay tuned for our next exciting podcast. Check out additional information on WilkinsHarley.com.